Good evening and welcome to Get Real with Ralph. I am your humble host, Ralph Nudie. Coming to you live from the studios of AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin, and simulcast live across the globe on WLIP.com, or you can tune in and watch as we simulcast live from Kenosha to the Canary Islands and everywhere in between on GetRealWithRalph.com. That's GetRealWithRalph.com. If you've been listening for the last month, because this is episode five on the radio, you'll notice a common theme. We talk about being stuck in the middle as we come onto this show every day. Because that's what I feel that most Americans really are, is stuck in the middle. I mean, are you sick of the are you sick of the political parties? Are you sick of the talking heads? Are you sick of the pundits telling you how you're supposed to feel about every issue? And then if you feel one way about one issue, does that mean you have to feel a certain way and follow a party line on every other issue, even if you don't agree with it? Let's face it, that's not in our DNA, to all be completely like one another, especially as Americans. Our views, our political views, our religious views, our worldviews are as unique as our fingerprints. I've been talking about this for a month, but I'm going to say it again. Our thoughts have been hijacked. Our minds are being used by the powers that be that want to divide us. Quite frankly, I'm sick of it. And the more people I talk to, the more I realize that everybody else is sick of it too. So we're going to talk about some of those issues that divide us here. You know, when I was young, it was all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? And you grow up and they tell you the three things you can't talk about, and sex is still one of them. And the other two are religion and politics, right? So here on Get Real with Ralph, we talk about sex, drugs, rock and roll, religion, and politics. So if you got a weak stomach, if uh, you can't handle deferring views, this might not work out for you. That's all right, because I think the most people out there really just want someone who's going to echo their own genuine feelings and give them permission to be genuine with their feelings too. And ladies and gentlemen, if that's how you feel, I'm your man. Welcome to Get Real with Ralph, where everybody's thoughts, feelings, and opinions are welcome. As long as you can respect mine too, that is. Welcome to Get Real with Ralph, and I have some guests in the studio today that I'm going to be introducing as we uh, as we go through our topics. Uh, the first guest that I'll be introducing to you later on is John Principe, who owns Kenosha Tattoo Company here in town, and we're going to talk about his life uh, before and after law enforcement and the transition from cop to tattoo artist. That's a strange one. And we have our musical guest, Michelle Warnicke, and she's going to sit in the studio with us. And uh, who knows, she might want to weigh in on some of these issues, but she's going to play some, some great music for us as well when the time comes. Before we jump into our topics of the day with our guests, I want to talk about what I'm stuck in the middle on today. You know, 
as a person of faith and a person of tolerance at the same time, it amazes me the treatment toward people of faith by people on the far left, and it amazes me the the treatment of the LBGT community from people on the right who are religious. And as I'm always saying, they're all wrong. You see, I I I was raised as a as a person of well, I was raised as a person of religion and later became a, a person of faith. And I think there's a huge difference between the two because I think that religion tends to imprison minds while faith does exactly the opposite. And if you don't believe that, think about this. Everybody thinks their their religion is right and everybody else's is wrong. And if we're all to believe that in, 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 a, in a country that, you know, espouses Judeo-Christian values, as they say, then that means that the prevailing theology of the day during the time of Jesus Christ, which would have been Judaism, the, the people who ran the prevailing theology of the day thought that their way was right and everybody else's was wrong. And in doing so, they executed a person that people have faith have, have, have come to know and love in the name of religion. Not much has changed since then. The people, we don't execute people anymore in, in, in this country, thank God, over religious differences and in most countries in the civilized world, but it does still happen. Look, look at the huge problem that we've had over the last few years with, with ISIS and, and, and the things that they did, the killing of Christians all over the Middle East. It, it, it's, it's happening everywhere. But in America, we don't, we don't kill people in the name of religion, and I don't think we should chastise people in the name of it either, either pro or against. But everybody's become more polarized. I have several family members, very close family members, whom I love, whom I adore, who I know to be good people, who I know to be people who have faith that have expressed that they their sexual orientation is not the same as mine. And I found myself thinking about this from a completely different standpoint than maybe at the age of 20, where everything is, is black and white. And then I thought about how we've been victimizing, killing people in the name of religion for many, many years, and I thought about my own faith and how faith is, again, different from religion. And I've got some Jewish friends, I, and I was thinking about this, and I have some Muslim friends, and they don't eat pork. And I imagine that they would probably think that if they ate pork, they would be committing a, a pretty egregious sin in their faith. And I get it. As a person who was raised Catholic, we, we didn't eat meat on Fridays, although for some reason fish passed muster. And the overwhelming majority of Americans, let's face it, they have sex outside of wedlock. They live together before they're married. And then... Some of them will call themselves religious later on and then tell somebody else that what they're doing in their life is a sin. And I think back to the life of my favorite human being who made sure that he picked a stone up off the ground and, and confronted a bunch of people that wanted to stone a woman for her immoral behavior and his reaction to that, which is opposite of the reaction of most religious leaders who claim to be Christian. And it all comes full circle because I eat pork. I don't think I'm going to go to hell for it. And I've got no more right to 
tell somebody who to love or how to love them than my Jewish friends have to tell me not to eat that bacon. And I'm going to tell you what, bacon tastes pretty darn good. I'm not going to stop eating it. So that's how I feel when it comes to, to matters such as that. You need to live your life by your own conscience and by your own faith. And nobody should be chastised for that. And that's the problem with the militant left and the militant leaders in some of these organizations. Is they, they want to go after people of faith because they feel, the people in those groups, that they've been victimized by religions. And they don't understand the difference between the two. And the only way to fix that is to have intelligent conversation about it, which is what we, what we try to do here on and get real with Ralph. So with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the mic here for uh, for our guests. Not gonna take that break. Um. Well, you know what? We're gonna go to the break first. Good yeah. call, Jeff. Let's go to the break, and we, when we come back, I'm gonna introduce our guests, and we're gonna open up the mic, and we're gonna talk about that. But before we go to the break, I just want to tell you I, one one quick thing. If I got a minute, do I have a minute? You got plenty of time. Okay. Listen, if you want to win a hundred dollar gift certificate to the restaurant of your choice, mm-hmm. you, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do so in the second hour. So, in keeping with this theme, I've got a riddle, and if you can solve the riddle and be the first person to call in and solve the riddle in the second hour, I'm going to give you a hundred dollar gift certificate. My riddle is this: This musician had their career launched by a prince and ended by a pope. Let's go to that break. And we're back in the studio. I'm Ralph Nudie, and this is Get Real with Ralph. You're listening to AM 1050 WLIP, simulcast live on GetRealWithRalph.com. That's our YouTube channel, or WLIP.com if you want to listen from your car and you're not in the Kenosha listening area. And in my studio today, I've got a couple of guests that I'm going to introduce here, and we're going to continue on our subject. The first one is John Principe. John is um, John's a lot of things. He's a pretty cool guy all around. But uh, John was a, a received police officer for a number of years. I met John in the practice room at a local jujitsu gym a few years back when, when I had my kids taking jujitsu. And after watching for a couple of weeks, I thought, I can, I can try that. So I went, I went in there and I got my lily white ass kicked quite a few times by a few people. And, and John was one of them. And it was, it was a lot of fun. I know that doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but it was a lot of fun kind of reconnecting with, with, with martial arts again. And, and uh, then we started talking, and a couple of years later, John decided to uh, throw it all away and start and become a tattoo artist. I mean, that almost sounds as bohemian yeah. as, you know, I'm going to join the circus or something like that. So uh, we have John with us, and then uh, we also have uh, our guest musician, which we had a last-minute change to because our scheduled uh, visiting musician was, was, I guess, sick. So we have Michelle Warnicke here, and uh, Michelle's going to play a couple of songs at the break, and who knows, she may decide she wants to weigh in on, on some of these subjects that, uh, as well. So um, what do you think of that? Is there room in, in this country, in this world, for people of faith and the LBGT community to actually love and respect one another without it becoming so polarized? Because it is on both sides. Both sides are pretty militant against one another, I see it all the time, and I think that most people are neither of those. I, you know, I think that most 
most gay people aren't part of that militant political agenda, and I think most people of faith aren't part of that militant religious right of the political establishment. And they're getting pulled, people who love each other and should like each other are getting pulled away from each other in the name of divide and conquer in politics. Do you, do you see that as really what's going on here and nobody really admitting that? Yeah, of course. It's always it, anything to do with politics is about divide and conquer. That's how they've kept us in the two party system for 200 plus years. And I mean, it, I don't know anyone personally that's ever lost an hour of sleep over thinking about two gay people getting together. No, no, no. They're, they're, who cares if people are happy, let them be happy. And honestly, my argument is, is, you know, I mean, I've been married to my wife now for 12 years and I always joke and I say, you know, when straight people can get the marriage ratio of success over 50%, then maybe they could talk about what their neighbor who happens to be gay is doing because until we as you know straight people figure this thing out i don't think no one has any reason to talk no and and here's the thing i i live a life of faith sure i haven't always sure the flip side to that is be chastised for that sure and you see that happening as well i mean we just saw crowder uh, on his YouTube channel get demonetized uh, because he made fun of a guy who happened to be gay, but he was making fun of the guy not because he was gay, but because they were at odds with each other. Yeah. And, you know, the, this militant backlash against the guy for what was basically comedy, and, and, and it really was. And now that's, you know, anybody who loves comedy, and I love comedy, really realized, wow, we can't even laugh at anything anymore because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. And right. the truth is most people I know, whether they're gay or straight, laugh at the same jokes I laugh at. Yeah. At least behind closed doors. No, I, you, every day, you literally, I, I mean, I'm sure it's for everybody, they stop and they think, I can't laugh at this, or I can't say that, or I can't, so I'm going to offend somebody, or I'm going to upset somebody. And How do we know, walk it back? <laughs> Jim, how do you think we walk it back? Communication. Communication. What we're doing Talk. Here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Talk about it. Common sense. It, it, it is common sense. Yeah. It is common sense. Uh, I have a friend who is a judge here in town, and he is an incredible man of faith who, in his faith, he doesn't want to perform same-sex unions. Okay. If he, I will not reveal who he is because I would not want a backlash. No. Okay. I fully support his right to not want to do that because he feels that he would be taking action in violation of his own faith. Because of that... He has decided not to do any weddings at all because he has to. He, otherwise, he's in fear of the fact that his status as a as a member of the judicial community could be could be jeopardized. And I think that's just as wrong as telling two people that they can't marry each other. Okay, it's 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 just as wrong to tell somebody of faith that you can't have your beliefs. You know, I'm certainly not going to go tell a person of the Jewish faith or of of, of the Muslim faith, hey. You know, this is a bunch of this is a bunch of BS. You need to start eating your bacon. I mean, that's not that's not how that works. And I don't understand why that seems to keep working here instead of people just accepting the fact that, hey, you know, my house is probably not in order myself. I got a lot of things that I should probably be focusing on, either improving on or getting forgiveness on. Why would I ever, ever? start focusing my efforts on other people's behavior if that behavior isn't affecting the social order, isn't affecting other people negatively, isn't victimizing. We're not, you're not stealing from people. You're not, you're not assaulting them. You're not murdering them. If you're not doing any of those things and you're living your life within reason as you see fit, mm -hmm. 
I don't see any reason to interfere with that, and I don't think that that makes me less of a person of faith at all. No, because isn't it love thy neighbor? Yes. So yeah. I mean, I mean, if here, they're not hurting you and they're not hurting anyone else, the greatest what's the, the greatest man in the Christian world ever, the perfect person in in the Christian faith basically said he only had two real rules, love God and love your neighbor. Yeah. And all and basically said all the rest is a bunch of, you know, it's there. But he basically chastised the religious leaders and called them evil for trying to trap him on questions like, well, if somebody's dying on Sunday, would you heal them? Hmm, would you? Would you? Right. You know, and badgering him. And it, it, because obviously dividing people politically was, was going on 2,000 years ago as well. And he told them then that they were evil. And I think that people that are trying to divide people by splitting hairs for their own gain, and that's what it was. Those leaders wanted to keep their power. People that do that for power, I don't care whether it's uh, gay-straight relations. I don't care whether it's racial relations. I don't care whether it's immigration status relations. People that try to game those arguments just so they can have a little more power and a little more status, aren't, they're committing evil. They're, they're, they're really not helping our world. We see it every day. Look at the politics now of... You know, immigration, people that are chastising, you know, building the wall, whatever, whatever your views on it. People are chastising the immigration process are the same people that eight years ago were saying we need more border security. We need a bigger wall. We need people to be deported. Now, all of a sudden, they don't want it. Why? Because there's voters. There's voters and because because they don't like they don't like the guy in the White House. Well, of course. And, and, you know, let's am I allowed? Does FCC allow me to say Donald Trump or is that bureaucracy? Can I say Trump on the air? You can say Trump. I just said Trump on the air. I don't know if I'm allowed to or not. Seriously, (laughs) let's face it. Nobody 100 percent loves the guy. No, of course not. That's why is it wrong to say, hey, I like some things this guy is doing. And you got to worry about the, the society clobbering you over it. You have to adopt this, I hate his guts, or you're going to go all the way to the far, you know, you're going to go to the other side and, and, and say, I agree with everything the guy says. Well, that's pretty, dis- if you agree with everything the guy says, you're an idiot. Well, because the guy says some really dumb things. Okay. But can I not, can't I just disagree with some of the dumb things the guy says and agree with some of the good things that he does at the same time and not be, uh, not be accused of ha- having an agenda or belonging to a party. or I mean, wh- what's wrong with that? Well, the media told you you can't, so that's why you can't. Well, guess what? I am the media now. <laughs> that, I, but that's the reason. I mean, it's people that— I don't know if I can say that. Can I say the B word online? No. No, no. Unless, it's, it's unless it's the verb. You can say bitching, right? Yes. You can say bitching about things. How, is, how, do, how do those rules work anyway? I don't know. I need a list of words I can't say on the wall here. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to have that for a future app. But then we can point to the words, and those of you watching <laughs> can see all the words that are going through my head. Maybe some thought bubbles. Can I, have, I can have bad thought bubbles, right? You can have thought bubbles. I know I digress. <laughs> However, I think that you can like things that a person of the other party does. And I think for the first time this week, we saw the Democratic Party praise the president for exercising restraint oh, and, and, and bombing mm-hmm. Iran, yeah. which was... It was refreshing. Yeah, it was the right move. It won't last. No. It was the right. It was the right move. It was right not, move. not to it go was, bomb Iran. It was. And, it lasted all of ten minutes until they're like, "Well, it just shows that he shouldn't have said what his plan was." Mm-hmm. He was fumbling. No, it shows that the guy yeah, well, is an independent thinker. Well, with him yeah. as president, I think uh, it, it's it's a direct reflection on what America has become. When we have a reality game show host, billionaire, as president. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's just you is know. For, cause, is, there, cause, is there room for a radio show host? Next? And it's 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 just it's it's a mess. I mean, and and it's just 
It's it's what this country has become, really. The guy's you know? a good the guy's a good CEO. I don't care what you, he he his mouth he says dumb stuff. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, if you own stock in Microsoft and this guy became the CEO of Microsoft and your stock tripled in value, but he said the dumb stuff he says and people wanted to fire him, you'd be like, Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. My stock is worth four times the value. I think I can handle a few bad comments. And that essentially is one of the things that's been happening in this country is our stock has been going up and the polarization is getting worse because of it, because everybody feels like they either have to be on the train or off the train when really, how about we praise the right actions? How about when bad actions happen, we say we're against those bad actions? And how about when diarrhea of the mouth or the Twitter feed happens, we just shrug our shoulders and go, okay, yeah, he's, he's dumb. See, but they can't do that because then they're going to lose power when their Senate and Congress seats are up. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And when you have Congress and senators that are on there for 20 years, it, great example. Okay, you go in making $187,000 a year. That's a lot of money. Sure. Right? Sure. Okay, you're in 20 years and you now, come out get, with $100 million. Now, don't get me wrong. $187,000 a year in terms of your senior level management at a Fortune 500 company is probably less. Right. But- what people don't realize is you're getting that forever. 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 And free health insurance. Forever. After forever. you're gone. Yep. It's there forever. And when you were in there for 10, 15 years and you walk out with $100 million in the bank and you go, well, wait a minute. I don't care what kind of math you do. That doesn't add up. Where's the other money coming from? I know how to fix it. And I'm not going to say how to fix it now. I'm going to keep everybody in suspense. I know how to fix it. And I don't think we ever will. No, because you're taking the people that... The people that need the power taken away from them are the ones that make the decision on taking the power mm-hmm. away from them. And there's a method for taking that power from them. Yeah, well, and, and that's we're going to have to talk about that ugly. after the break. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Yeah. All right, we're going to move along to a couple of other subjects here. I, you know, I wanted to touch on that because it was just driving. Mm-hmm. You know, just, it just drives me crazy, and you know, I, I want to jump into it right away and and spill my guts out there on the air. But then I think I better slow walk some of these <laughs> listeners here who you know haven't really got a chance to know me yet. And, and understand what, what really stuck in the middle means, and, and you know, that's one example. But, uh, of course, John, you, you made the transition from police officer to entrepreneur. Yeah. Do you regret it? No. Not one bit. Not a minute. I miss, I miss the people I worked with. I don't miss the work. Um, I couldn't do it anymore. There, there was just, it was done. I was done. I was fried. It's, it's a thankless job. You know... I didn't mind that. Um, I, you know, we used to have a saying when I first got on, it was, okay, you know, you carry two bags of luggage. You carry your luggage from your personal life to the police department. You leave it at the front door. You walk in through the threshold. You pick up your luggage Mm -hmm. and do your job. And then coming home, you do the same thing. You drop your bag, Mm -hmm. walk through the threshold, pick up your home bag and go home. That's a hard thing for a family person to do. At the beginning, I could do it fine. And by the end of it, I couldn't distinguish what was what. And I was becoming a horrible person to be around. Um, I was just moody and grumpy. And it was, it got to the point that the nightmares, um, I was too scared to sleep. I would go days without sleeping. I would wake up in cold sweats screaming. My poor wife, who I don't know how she put up with me, um, 120 pounds. And, you know, I got her by 100 pounds. And she would be trying to restrain me. And there'd be numerous times she'd wake up in the middle of the night with, you know, me swinging and having no idea what's going on, Mm. you know. 
Well, you got out of the job and kept your marriage intact, which is a huge, huge thing because a lot of people instead hang on to the job yeah. and lose their marriage. It, well, it was, I, I, I understand why there's such a high divorce I, rate in that, in that career. Yeah, period. I would have lost a lot more than my marriage. I would have lost my life. There was no way I was coming out alive. And I knew I had to get out. And I did. And um, when I got out. Yeah. When, yeah. When I got out, um, it was, you know, I didn't have a choice. And I turned down federal work. You know, I was got offered a position um, and I turned it down because I knew I, I was going to be overseas and I was going to be doing all sorts of cool stuff in really cool places. But it wasn't. It never would have worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is stressful. Yeah, it's stressful. It's stressful going to work every day with a gun on your hip. Yeah, in in and of itself, knowing I mean, knowing that knowing the situations you're going you, into. You know, and I did fine with everything. I w- I could really compartmentalize everything that I dealt with and everything I saw, and like you know, bodies and gross things and blood, guts and gore and mud. But um, there was one case that well, there were two cases that ruined me. Um, and that was it. It was time to go. So you switched to tattoos. Explain yeah, that Yeah, I switched to tattoos. Um, when I got, <laughs> yeah, you know, lunatic. Um, <laughs> when I, in November of 2016, um, I call, I got out April of 2015 and I bought into, uh, airplane supply business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Boeing and the bigger companies decided that us little guys needed to go because you know, as a group, we were sure up some of the profits. Yep. So I sold out my inventory and I got out and, um, I needed something to do. So I'm like, well, I gotta do something. So I, I started thinking, you know, and my family owns a building on the North side of Kenosha and I'm like, I gotta put something in there. And I thought tattoo shop. There's you, nothing had you there. ever done a tattoo before that? No, I've been in enough tattoo shops to know. Did you doodle? Did you think about doing tattoos on other people? I mean, how I, I well, yes, I did. I thought about it, um, but I thought of it more of a management thing of I could run this. I could get really good artists in and do it. And, which is what you did. Which is what I did. And, you know, I was smart enough to know I'm not going to start tattooing and just and start putting stuff on people and ruining them. And I didn't want to do that. So I started learning and, you know, practicing on fake skin and all that kind of stuff. I do more piercing now than anything. I'll tattoo on friends and stuff, and that's fine. But general public, unless it's really small and word backed up and it's simple, I'll do it. But I do the piercing. Uh, one of our piercers. There's three of us now. So we first started talking about your tattoo business when you jumped in and you called me and you told me what you were doing. And you told me one of the aspects of your business, uh, the charitable aspect of your business, is that you were helping victims of human trafficking yeah. by uh, covering up the, the tattoos. Yeah. And uh, that was one of the first conversations I had that really turned me on to this horrendous subject that I, mm-hmm. uh, that I am dedicating a big chunk of, of, of my life to helping eradicate. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that. Um, well, when I was on the police department, past like my last three years, I was, well, I was voluntold. I was going on to the um, human trafficking division that we were just starting. So we went up and we got some training with FBI and all these other, you know, groups and stuff. And we started going after these people that are trafficking women for sex and for labor. I had no idea what I was getting into, and to see it in real life and see it in person and you think, how is this happening everywhere? How is this happening right under our noses? And how is it happening? How are people in our community buying these women like 
property, like product, and not caring, you know? Do you think that murder in Kenosha was connected to this? The the, the guy that got burned in his house uh, by the girl from Milwaukee? I don't know. I, I, I keep reading that, and I haven't seen it. I'm not going to yeah, claim know. that it is. But, uh, I don't boy, I, I just see more and more and more stuff that, that seems to track back to that. Yeah, I, I re- I'm not familiar enough with it to even speculate. So um, bring us into the tattoo part. So, so how, when how, I okay, so when I got out of the PD, I was like, well, I want to continue helping because it it's still near and dear. And um, we started with, and we still do it, if you're a victim of human trafficking, we will cover up your tattoo from your trafficker for nothing. Wow. Anonymously. You come in on your time, whether we're open or closed. You know, you fill out a waiver, but we I can't tell you which name goes with which person. Sure. You know, there's no photos taken. There's no record of you. You're in and you're out with your artist, and that's it. We how, don't discuss it. How many have you done? A couple dozen. Wow. wow. Yeah. You know, and um, usually when I, you know, get, you know, like the radio or something like that, a story runs on it, I'll get a couple calls. I, I applaud you for that. And if you're listening to this on the air and you know somebody who has been the victim of trafficking, uh, and they, they have a tattoo that was involuntarily put on them. That's Kenosha Tattoo Company, right? Yeah, absolutely. Just get a hold of me, uh, KenoshaTattooCompany.com. Get a hold of me, and we'll take care of it. All right, we're going to go to a break here in a mm-hmm. second, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more with, with John on this and a couple of other subjects, and we're going to keep getting real here on yeah. Get Real with Ralph. And the best days of my life, in keeping with that, probably the summer of 89, because that's about the age that I was when Brian Adams was the age he was referring to in the summer of 69. What a great song. Timeless. Classic. Classic song. You know, in the summer of 89, not much had really changed from the summer of 69. I mean, the cars changed a little. The music changed a little. Obviously, there was always clothing and culture, but uh, technology hadn't changed the world the way that it has now. You look at the difference between 69 and 89 or 89 to 09. I mean, just Mm -hmm. big difference. Well, we did make the jump from albums to CDs. From 69 to oh, 89. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, but you still carried your music with you in your car. You had the little CD cover above with all the different the discs DVD, in it. all the discs in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that was great, as opposed to the cassette. I, I go back your... to 8-tracks. That's how old I am. You know, I remember 8 I What I remember about 8-tracks is I was very young, Jim, So um, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember them. But I remember listening to Neil Diamond when I was a kid. My mom would be playing it, and in the middle of the song, you'd hear this click. And then the song would kind of pick up on the other side, and I'd, be, mm-hmm. I'd like stop dancing and wait for that click every time. I just knew right where the pause was in that there song. There you are. <laughs> you said the Steely Dan uh, Asia it was great. Steely Dan. All the time. All the time. Wow. Steely Dan is old enough to be on a track. Oh, yeah. How old does that make those of us that listen? They've got to be in their 70s by now, Steely Dan. Uh, yeah, I think Donald Fagan's in his early 70s. We just lost Wal- Walter Becker uh, last year. I There's only a couple songs I like of Steely Dan's, mm-hmm. I, but uh, yeah. They're... What I liked about Steely Dan, not get too much into music, but... Oh, um, well, it was a music show. Yeah, uh, is you really couldn't categorize them. They weren't a hard rock band. They weren't, you know, a, you know, a folk band. No. They were kind of jazzy, yeah, but not a jazz band. Yeah. And that's what I love so much about them and the stories. The, the, the New York sound 
Very, it, very New York. It, it, I felt like they thought they were smarter than everybody with everything they were And playing. they were. And that was, uh, <laughs> in a, so I guess yeah. like su- super music people like it. And I get that. Uh, speaking of musicians, we have Michelle Warnicky in here as a guest as well. Come on, come on over the microphone, Michelle, and say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. Yeah, you got to get really close. Oh, I got to get really close. Hi, everybody. <laughs> and uh, you know, Michelle's gonna you know play a couple songs with us before we go into this next break. But I wanted to touch on this accident that happened on I ninety four before we go into that. Oh lord! And uh, my wife had just dropped my son off all the way up in Menominee Falls at a at a, at a wrestling camp and was coming back and missed that accident by about five minutes. Wow. And I've been saying for two years that something bad is going to happen on this expressway. They've got this down to these very narrow lanes. Um, is Do trucks get pulled over for driving the fast lane in Wisconsin, John? I mean, you, you have a law enforcement background. I know they do in the South. Can they be? They can be. Is, um, is it illegal to drive in the left lane as a truck driver? No. Not in Wisconsin. Not in Wisconsin. In Michigan, Yes. They, at least in those construction zones, because you can make up your own rules in those construction zones. I have no idea why a, a semi-truck is allowed in any lane other than the right lane when there are no shoulders. The lanes are narrow. These trucks are swerving into your lane all the time. Every time I have to drive on that, I'm white-knuckling it all the way up. And, and I consider myself, although my, my my wife may beg to differ, I consider myself a pretty good driver. And uh, I'll avoid that. I'll avoid that. Anytime, any way, mm-hmm. because it's it's frightening, and nobody seems to care. You drive by on any evening or any weekend, nobody's working. I have no idea who hired these jokers for a contractor to do all this. But I, it, it, again, we talk about the the people of power, politicians. Now we're talking about state politics. They're, they don't seem to have a demand for a completion date and a way to find these people like they do in the southern states. Uh, you, you go in some of these southern states, you see light alls, you see these guys working second and third shift, and here you got the stereotypical one guy digging and two guys standing over the hole watching over a project that seems as big as Boston's big dig. And mm-hmm. I just, it, it, it's mind-boggling to me that they're not busting their butts to get right. this thing done. When you look at the south, though, they do year-round. You know, in the climates. Year-round. Warmer, warmer yeah. climates and things yeah. as such. So, I mean, you know, here we're just, you know, there's two seasons in Wisconsin. It's winter and road construction. And they seem, yeah. they have to tear the entire thing up instead of doing a section one year and doing the next section the next year. And it just seems like there's zero regard for the people that are paying for all this. Zero. Mm-hmm. And to the detriment of their lives, even. All right, Michelle, come on over here. I want to hear a little bit about you and your music now that we've uh, bloviated about the, the roads here. So, um, you from here in town? Uh, yeah, born and raised K-Town. Born and raised K-Town. And how long have you been a musician? Oh, I don't know. Uh, a while now? <laughs> a while now. Yeah. I'm sure your your definition of a while might be different than me and Jim's. But uh, when, when, did I, you, when did you first pick up the guitar and start I, playing? I started playing when I was about 16 or 17. Okay. Took lessons right. at the conservatory. Oh, with Greg and uh, Brandon? And yeah, Brandon was my teacher. Brandon's awesome. He's, good, he's a, very good, he's very a good friend of mine. Star. Yeah, he is. He's so Yo, cool. Cosmic Railroad, yeah. those guys are awesome. They're super fun. Yeah. So what are you going to play for us today? Um, I'm going to play a couple original tunes. Uh, this first. So you said we're going to do one and then the break? Um, I or? think, well, we're, we're going to do, I think we've got time for, for two we've, here, don't we, we? We've got 13 minutes. We've got 13. Oh, okay. We've got plenty of time. So play one, then we'll, then we'll, then we'll uh, chat a little bit, and mm-hmm. then we'll, we'll go into the other yeah. one. All right. So what are you going to play for us first? Uh, this first one's called Blues Who Run. I actually wrote it in high school. So. Oh, all, right. all right. I'm going to pull this other mic over to you so you can... Oh, never mind. Use mine because that guitar. Okay. Okay. All right. And, uh, We're moving mics around, folks. 
All that squeaking noise, that's what it is, this microphone So do, do, you have, do you have a CD out yet? Have you recorded no, yet? This no. is this kind of, where, where do you play? Where do you play oh, out at? We're, we're everywhere. Yesterday, we actually played at Gander Outdoors. Okay. And then we played at Arnoggin afterwards. Okay. Um, we're kind of all around town. Mm-hmm. We got like a couple bigger things up. We're in like Geneva for mm-hmm. Venetian Fest so and who, Hawthorne Hollow. How's the beer over there at Arnoggin? I haven't had it yet. It's fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> it's real. I so, feel a little rough today. So you, <laughs> it's really delicious. I had a girl. Yeah. Yes, she is from Kenosha. Yeah, get what, a growler, um, take yeah. it home. It's amazing. What uh, now? You say we? Who who plays with you? Oh, I'm in a band called Indigo Canyon. Okay. And yeah. Good. So all right. Yeah. So I have kind of really been getting a bass lately. So okay. We we switch back. It's just a three piece. So mm-hmm. there's a bass, a guitar, drums, and um, me and Todd Steppenhagen. He's the mm-hmm. other guitarist. We switch back and forth. Okay. And. We do a lot of covers. We do stuck in the middle with you. No, do you really? <laughs> okay, very cool. Now we, yeah, we're trying to write. Okay. Writing as a band is very different than acoustic. Yeah. We decided that we were going to scratch all the, everything else mm-hmm. and, and just focus and write all new stuff, like as a cohesive nice. piece. Yeah. So we got two. We'll so talk far. more about that after your tune here. <laughs> all so, right. so what's the name of the song? Uh, Blues Who Run. All right. Somebody told me Gotta sound like a train Oh, I ain't collide Don't know much of a train Oh, they work their job Down the road Till they're fine Thank you. 
Outstanding. Wow. Wow. Incredible voice there. A great bluesy voice. That is awesome. So wow. what was it wasn't even that you had to repeat the name of that one more time for, for those of us that forget things quickly. It's called Blues Who Run. Blues Who Run. What inspired that? Oh, how do you how do you pick? I mean, just um just how blues just have a way they're just always they take a hold of you don't they yeah they really your process in in writing is it music come first or lyrics come first is it it's it's is it just are you just kind of moved by the music sometimes to come up with the lyrics definitely i'm gonna i'm gonna describe what it's like for me writing music okay it's very weird okay all writers have a have a different (laughs) different method i I write comedy so i i know so when, when i'm writing a sketch or something that I don't know what's 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 going to uh, motivate me. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, I you mean, know. it could be <laughs> could be something in life that I find funny. I say, oh, it'd be fun to do something with that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so it usually involves me like turning off all the lights and lighting candles and stuff, nice. and and I'll I'll have some sort of riff that I get into, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's usually just it's raw emotion first it's usually not any lyrics it's it's like a feeling that i figure out okay what i mean or what i'm feeling it's kind of okay kind of the feeling that the guitar usually comes first right right there's rare occasions it's you just different. you just you find a chord a series of chords i mean it obviously it's, it's in the blues yeah know? i mean that one yeah yeah. I, yeah that was one of the first ones i wrote when okay. i was in high school so you wrote that in high school i did yeah. i couldn't even write my name in high school. <laughs> right <laughs> You know, I've, I've I've spent a lot of time writing music, but I won't ever play it for anybody. I, the, the lyrics are exp- seem to be inspired, but I just can't seem to get the music right. I mean, maybe one or two that turned out good, but to, it always amazes me when you can turn when somebody like you comes along and you're able to just turn out song after song after song after song. Not always. Yeah. Well, Bob Dylan had that problem too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to have a good sense of humor as well if you're in the business. Uh, so now writing with with a group. Now that's let's step up the microphone. And when you're writing with a group, have you started yet? Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. It's it's very different. Um, it's it's really cool. It's like okay. you know you you do things by yourself. I mean this this could apply mm-hmm. to anything. But you sure. have a team, so you have right. a group of minds. It's going to be more interesting, and that's mm-hmm. kind of why I haven't. I mean I like this stuff I write, and it's good for just like me. But you you want to record things that you want to listen to. Sure. And I want to record mm-hmm. something i'm really proud of and something that i find interesting which so right. far what we've done i'm i'm pretty proud of right. already. And, and being artists as well they're gonna have uh, i really think this will work i don't know about this oh you it's know? chemistry because it, sure. yeah. you gotta have that chemistry because i've had writing partners in the past and i was in a sketch comedy group and some of them would buck heads and you know yeah. i'm like the lead you know, they had writers. Well, so. nobody, nobody in music or comedy yeah. or radio has an ego, so that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> hard to believe that anybody but <laughs> But we just drink a lot of beer. Oh, well, there you are. There you are. God gave me an ego big enough to make up for my legs, so I, I understand. Well. <laughs> but yeah, I, there, it could be you know difference of opinions, difference of music, or you know, especially when you can put down some tracks. Yeah. What tracks? What, what songs are you going to pick? You know, yeah. I kind of like my song. Well, my song, you know, this or that. I mean, it's it's good having three people too. I think. Yeah. I mean, because it's an odd number. We get a tiebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, what are you gonna play for us next? Um. We this... got we got four minutes. Four minutes. Oh, what is the name of this song? I don't know. 
been to the desert on a song with no name. No. Uh, <laughs> oh, had a dream. I All right. I had a dream. Had a dream. All right. Let's have a dream. We're going to probably go into the break after I had a dream. So okay. play it out. Let's hear it. All right. Sometimes I wonder what I'm a gonna do, but there ain't no 
you for the summertime blues. And we are back in the studio at AM 1050 WLIP. And before we jump into some of our next topics, uh, we just got some breaking news that I wanted to put out there. Apparently, there is a fire at Soon's Sushi Cafe in Kenosha. Soon's Sushi Cafe. I didn't even get a chance to look at the address. Jim, you know the address it's, for that? It's right by Columbus Park right there. It, yeah, it's yeah, on 50, right by, 50, 53rd, Ave, 53rd Street, right off 22nd. 53rd, off, right off 22nd there. Which is heartbreaking because they had such amazing... Amazing sushi, amazing food. Great, and and I, I'm, food. I'm feeling horrible right now because I haven't gotten around to, go, to getting there. All my friends keep talking about how wonderful that place is. But uh, John, you said it shows the place is up in flames? Uh, it was on Scanner, yeah. I said uh, KPD sees flames. Oh, well, I hope first and foremost that nobody's hurt. Exactly. Uh, obviously, that, that, that's that's number one. Uh, and assuming everybody's okay, I hope that they find a way to uh, survive this as, as a business. because mm-hmm. and, and, and the couple that owns it is an older couple that uh, did this as a last career after retirement. Uh, mm-hmm. Soon herself is from Korea. Her husband met her over there. She made some amazing traditional Korean dishes that you normally can't get here in Kenosha. Mm. And uh, as a matter of fact, I have been talking to them about going and filming a episode of my food show, 262 Eats, over there. So uh, hopefully everything is uh, all well and everybody is safe over at Soon Sushi Cafe in Kenosha. So we're on Get Real with Ralph, AM 1050 WLIP. Uh, you can tune in on WLIP.com. You can also watch our live simulcast on GetRealWithRalph.com, which is uh, the link to our YouTube channel, this GetRealWithRalph.com. Hopefully you're enjoying the show here. And we're going to bring Michelle on for one more song. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we got a couple of other subjects that we want to hit on. So, Michelle, welcome back to the program. And um, microphone's all yours. Thanks so much. <laughs> So what's this next tune you're going to play for us? This one's called 40, 40 Nights. 40 Nights. All right. I'll try not to break your computer. I'm no, sorry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Just right. go for it. Wait, wait.
incredible i like that what do you call that one again throw that out tell us what that is oh uh, that's a song called 40 nights <laughs> 40 nights what was the inspiration behind that song uh, there's just a lot of days i couldn't sleep <laughs> <laughs> i like that answer yeah now you're something, or other. something like that <laughs> now you're going to be playing on saturday july 6th at the hive with your with your band indigo canyon again is that correct that is 100 percent correct now where's the hive it is in East Troy. Um, they cold brew mead. So oh. there it's like, and it's with. There seems to be a theme with your uh, group here. <laughs> you play at places where they make their own alcohol. Well, people who drink alcohol happen to be fun and like music. So oh, it's just, there it's just it like, is. It's just an overlap. Well, really, well, I'm guilty really as charged right yeah. there, so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd have to say that uh, you'd have to sentence me uh, for. for Liking alcohol and, and, and music. And oh, it's, a good, it's a good combination as well. They go perfect together. Yeah. yeah, they do. As long as one of them's in moderation. And I don't mean the music. The music? <coughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like peanut butter and ladies. You know, they just go together. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a Will Ferrell quote. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. no. It's, uh, I, 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 I definitely picked up on it. I just didn't, I didn't want to elaborate on it. I was so shy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, didn't, I wasn't expecting it. That was fantastic. All right. Any, anytime Will Ferrell's being quoted, it's, it's a good day. It's a good day. Yeah. Michelle Warnicky, folks, with Indigo Canyon. And if you do want to hear them live, they will be playing at the Hive in East Troy on mm-hmm. July 6th at 6 o'clock p.m. Thank you for coming on the program. So you, you do have a Facebook page we should promote? Yeah, we do the Facebook thing. Uh, yeah. So just uh, search Indigo Canyon. Indigo Canyon. Go like their page. You can also, if you if you happen to be on our page, you can look because we've liked it as well. Mm-hmm. And we'll There'll be a link. Yep, there'll be a link there. There'll also be a link to this music later on, and I'll make sure that we we put out your your, your date for your for your next event as well. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank you awesome. for coming on, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again. Uh, we are going to be playing a, uh, a a benefit on September 28th. We're going to be doing a, a concert to help the victims of human trafficking. I would love to talk to you guys if you have that date open uh, about coming and playing there. Absolutely. All right, fantastic. <laughs> Thank you very much for being on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, one last time, Michelle Warnicky. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. On Get Real with Ralph. We're going to take a break. We are going to take a break. And after that, more fun. If you want to use a car to go riding next Sunday. And we are back. 
at AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha, Wisconsin with Get Real with Ralph. I am your host, Ralph Nudie, and in the studio with me today, we have John Principe from Kenosha Tattoo Company, and we have Michelle Warnicke, our musical guest, sitting in with us as well, so feel free to grab a mic and chime in if you hear something that you want to you jump in on. And looking through the news, it's been a been an interesting couple of news weeks for Kenosha, don't you think, Jim? Absolutely. Also, speaking of Jim here, Jim is our wonderful engineer who makes me sound better than I sound in real life, that's for sure. Uh, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> he also, on occasion, tries to make me look average height. And, yeah, uh, you know. Yeah, he's pretty good at it's, that. It's all, I always say it's all the tall people are freaks of nature. They are freaks of the nature. Short I mean, people are... are are put together correctly. That's right. That's right. That's what I always say. And, and Jim, in addition to being a sound engineer, is a, is is still a budding comedian. And uh, well, you, I, you got a show coming up, right, Jim? I have a improv show, uh, kind of like a whose line is it anyway type of stuff. Uh, it's going to be happening at the Sixth Sixth Street. I can talk Sixth Street Theater in Racine. Uh, we're opening uh, last two weekends of July. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows, uh, the 18th, 19th, 20th, and the following week, 25th, 26th, and 27th, 8 o'clock. Go to overourheadplayers.org for tickets. Only 10 bucks a ticket. You can walk up as well. To and check my, it out. my wonderful intern, Gina, here is going to make sure that that is on the yeah. uh, Get Real with Ralph page. Yeah. So uh, that, that's why we're adding staff here. We need, we need, we need people to, to remember. There, there it is. It's, it's a lot of fun if you folks like improv. We're going to have a couple players come in next couple weeks and talk more about it. But it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's a great summer day to do, you know. It's like a little, little, little summer show there at 6th Street. 6th Street's got some really great shows, too. They do. They do. They've we really, a, the, the live, the live uh, music, mm-hmm. the live acts, the things that mm-hmm. are going on in Kenosha, even compared to two, three years ago, it is, yeah. it is unbelievable. This has become a little budding mecca of there's, entertainment. There's, there's, there's a musical, and I'm using air quotes, which people cannot see, maybe on TV, air quotes, uh, a musical. Uh, we did one a couple years ago called, uh, a couple seasons ago called uh, Kringle the Musical. Um, it's all about the actual pastry, Kringle. Oh, yeah. yeah, so so we did that. Now we have the follow-up, the sequel, which is a West of the Eyeside story. West of, West of the Eyeside story. <laughs> a sequel for the Kringle. So um, I love it's it. A good chance to see uh, me playing a lot of different characters. We all play different characters, and you may see me in drag too. So I mean. And that's oh, that's dear. worth the price of admission alone. Are you going to use drywall still? So at least you're like a, a tall, beautiful woman. Or why do I have to be tall? Well, just just for just to so that they don't no, know it's Jim. No, no, no. I'm very voluptuous. No dry- too, by the way. Oh. I'm very voluptuous. Volump. Just say the balloons are blowing up big. Wow. That's all we're going to say. Well, we're wow. going to say. We only talk about this in the second hour, folks. So <laughs> just so you know, uh, we are TV and radio MALV from the 9 o'clock hour mm-hmm. to 10 o'clock. So uh, if you have kids, but, uh, you got to use the old Vince Vaughn but, but, trick. But, but, but definitely, yeah. Earmuffs. 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 But, ba- uh, you know, actually, you know, getting back to what you're saying about live performances and live, live art, live theater. Kenosha's got the Lakeside Players. They do some great stuff down there. I've directed and done some stuff down there as well. Um, Racine's got a couple great theaters going on there with RTG, Racine Theater Guild, and the overhead players. Um, so folks, get out and, and check out these, these. I mean, it's all community theater type of stuff. But I'm telling you what, there's some really quality, quality plays, quality shows. We're becoming like the second city to the second city here in Kenosha. I've done some shows. Like you know, I've done a show at Fusion with my sketch comedy group. 
and we did some improv, and I had people come up to us afterwards and say, you know, Second City's got nothing on you guys. Fusion's a lot of fun. Oh, my God. It's a great room, too. So many people don't really know what Fusion is. Mm-hmm. If you drive by downtown and you're in the area where Captain mm-hmm. Mike's is and the mm-hmm. Oriental Inn and Villa de Carlo, you'll see a place that says Fusion in front of it. You're probably thinking it's a bar. It's not. It's actually a nonprofit yep. that is designed for budding musicians, mm-hmm. comedians, uh, just about anybody you can think of to go yep. and, and hold Don, their skills. Don Miller's done a great thing over there and uh, the whole the whole MAM uh, you know, musicians uh, assist another. Uh, I forgot what it stands for. Is musicians assisting advancing musicians. musicians, and they're actually co-sponsoring our songs of freedom event on September 28th right. as well. And uh, I'll be Tuesday night at the band shell coming up pretty darn soon. They're going to have uh, shows every Tuesday night. They did that last year as well. That's yeah. I saw a couple of them last year, and mm-hmm. really looking forward to some some quality entertainment. Yeah. So that's my public service announcement and my my blatant my blatant plug for my show. Well, we got a, shameless. Mean, shit, well, <laughs> I wouldn't call it shameless. It's funny. No, no, it's but yeah, seriously though. I mean, there's there's a lot of things to do in, in the city of Kenosha and, and in, in the outlying areas, and and people. If, if you're bored, that means you're bored. If you're bored, I mean, you're if you're bored, you're boring. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's stuff to do. Well, switching gears from that Let's to something gears. a little more somber, speaking of boring people, bored people, and straight-out incompetent, moronic people, you have these two dipsticks who oh, decided that they were going to go and smoke a J, man, while they left a loaded firearm in the presence of a five-year-old, and it cost him his life. Mm. And the reaction to this, these two schnitzels, was to drop the child off at the hospital and take off. The child was pronounced dead shortly thereafter. They've already been arraigned. Their names are, I got to look at it again because I can't, their names are so similar to each other. I guess their parents just changed a vowel out for each of them. You have Javon and Jovan, J-A-V-O-N-N and J-O-V-O-N-N. Javon and Jovan Cannon. Hmm. Both 24, so they must have been twins, of Kenosha. One of them was a legit concealed carry holder. He had owned that weapon for a whole week, I Hmm. think it was. He had just gotten the weapon on the 6th of June. So a whole week, a whole two weeks before they decided to leave it with a round in the chamber for a five-year-old. And apparently they were struggling with the five-year-old to get the gun away and it went off. So there is just just a sad, a, a, a sad story. And I am a proponent normally of, of responsible people owning and carrying firearms. Uh, as I know you are too, John. Yeah. But how do you how do you filter out the boneheads? You know, on something like this, I don't think you you could have. Um, I don't I don't know anything about the guys that um, were at fault for this, and you know if they had a record or not, or what their deals were. Well, the concealed carry holder did not have a record at all. That's why he was able yeah. to get it. So he would have passed any background check Correct. possibly put in play. He's not mentally ill. No. He's not a no. criminal. Uh, is, he was, you know, as far as anyone looks, uh, no problems. He made a really dumb decision, and it cost a poor child his life. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know, you know, what you can do to stop that. I hope the penalty is severe enough. They make enough of an example yeah. That 
people realize that owning a firearm is a serious I mean, yeah, thing. I mean, it could be, you know, recklessly endangerment and, you know, I don't know what they're going to charge them with, but it's uh, or what they did charge them with. But, um, yeah, it, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And, you know, my heart breaks. Giovanna is charged with homicide by negligent, negligent handling of a dangerous of weapon yeah, and okay. drug possession. I mean, it, I my heart breaks for that family. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just it's just a young kid. I mean, he's five years old. He doesn't know any better. And it's just it's just what five year old little boy sees a sees, sees a gun and doesn't think. Uh, I mean, when I was five, they were toys. Yeah, and they looked really guns. cool. Oh yeah, <laughs> they did look Those cool. Shiny, back. right? Ones. They look cool. Made noise. It was great. Um, you know, but yeah, it, it's just you know, I, I I when I heard the story, God, I was just like, I was mm-hmm. just broken up about it. And then to leave him at the hospital, and I thought, what Gut, type of gutless cowards? person could your own child for in one case or your own nephew in another case to me that the fact that you're looking to escape responsibility and that's your primary goal as opposed to hopefully saving your child's life tells me everything that i need to know about the character of these characters it's everything i need to know it's just sad you know it really is i mean the the rest is irresponsibility and stupidity but when you layer on top of that that behavior there, I just really hope that that both of these these men are made an example of so that people understand that even if you have a clean record, even if you've taken the class, even if you've done the things to go and and, and get that permit. Sure. It's a it's a it's a huge responsibility. Oh it is. And it's 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 a huge responsibility. And you know, as my kids have gotten, you know, older my firearms get higher and higher mm-hmm. up in the rooms and get locked up different. And, you know, and I mean, I have a nine-year-old and seven-year-old, and they all know daddy Daddy carries a gun. Daddy had a gun. Daddy was a cop. Daddy this, that, and the other. Sure. And they know flat out, don't touch them. And, I mean, I've always, and I've, you know, set little traps where you leave one unloaded and, and watch and see what they do. And they'll yeah. literally come up to me and go, there's a gun over there, and I'm not touching it. And they know, don't mm-hmm. touch it. You know, that's that really you yes. have to. Mm-hmm. You have to. Education. Because you have to educate them. And you have Did to they pass the test first time you gave it to them? First time. Wow. They God knew bless. right God off the bless. bat. And they knew, you know, guns are guns can hurt people. And kids will just do anything. They're their children. Yeah. They had a whole special where they did that on, was it 20, 20 or 60 minutes, where they leave, leave loaded firearms. I saw another one where parents get together and they say, yeah, our, cho- our children understand about not talking to strangers. Oh, and they get in the van. And they bring the guys oh, and puppies out. Mm-hmm. And they say, hey, do you, oh. you want to see these puppies? I was yelling at the TV. Mm-hmm. Literally yelling at the TV. Yeah. Yeah. Children are such a precious thing. You have to assume that they are not going to do the the prudent, intelligent thing. They're going to do the thing that, it, it hits that emotional response for well, them. Right yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they have to be taught. They have to be taught correctly, you know, and obviously in this case, with the tragedy with a five-year-old, he was not taught. No. Uh, Dan, no. First of all, because, you know, you've got parents who, who don't know the score or what's going on. Yeah. yeah. Of course they don't know. Yeah, and, I, you know, I would do that. I would be like, okay, look, you know, and it would be uh, obviously when I would set the bait for him, it would be completely unloaded and safe and rendered, you know, and all that type of thing. But, it would, you know, I would be like, just want to watch, and I, mm-hmm. you know, see what they would do. Immediately, they come running up because they know. Because I've instilled that in them, like don't talk to strangers, don't cross the street, and don't, you know. Yeah, the only the only time that my children have ever even really seen a firearm is if it is by intention. Yeah, uh, go to the range to yeah, you know, explain 
how firearms work. And I think it is important that you educate your kids about firearms, even if you don't own them. Uh, it's very important because, you know, I think the curiosity of firearms from kids, let's face it, they're all over TV, they're all mm-hmm. over video games, they're in our culture, they've been in our culture since, since the our culture of our existed. country started, that's how we got them, you mm-hmm. know, and it, let's, it, they're not going anywhere, I don't care what anyone says, they're not right. going anywhere. They're not. They're, so they're, it, they're, as, they're as much part of our fabric as automobiles. I mean, there's more firearms in the country than citizens, it, they're not going anywhere. Yep. So... Yeah, educate your kids. Let them know. What do you think about banning them? What do you think? What do you think about all these movements of banning? Good luck. Yeah, right. It ain't gonna happen. You're not getting mine. What gets <laughs> lost on most people because they they are thinking about this with their hearts, and most people yeah. who want. And here's the messed up thing, people: the very, very upper echelons of our society want to divide us, even on this issue. They want the citizens, the citizenry of our country to not have firearms. They would demagogue every irresponsible use of a firearm to tug at the heartstrings of people who have good intentions, who then hear about this and they think something must be done. And they start thinking about, we need to ban firearms, which is what they want, sure. so that we have a dumb, unarmed citizenry in our country that can be compliant in future years. Nobody seems to get that. And people say, well, the trade-off is I trade off a few of my freedoms for, for, for more safety or more security. It doesn't work that way. And here's the answer that I give to anybody who wants to ban firearms. Is heroin deadly? Well, of course. Should we allow people to just shoot heroin in their arms until they die? I would say no. So why don't we just make it illegal? That's just solve the problem, right? Yeah, weird, huh? Weird how that mm-hmm. happens. <laughs> It is very weird that it not only is it illegal and has been illegal for a I, I don't know the year that's a fact check I'd like Heroin? to find out but a long time that uh, it's been illegal. I mean any opiates any opium based products. Nineteen twenties, you know, and before that it was opium because yeah, it wasn't sure. as refined. It's been illegal for a very, very, very long time. Not to sound like Trump or I only use the word very over and over again or huge, but it's it's been huge. illegal for quite a while. Huge. And yet it is prevalent in our society, and people are dying from it. Mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen, honestly, if you legalize the ownership, private ownership, or even if you regulate, the, whatever it is you do, the private ownership of handguns being regulated or banned isn't going to reduce them overall. Now, this is a weird case where one was legally owned and possessed. How I know people who legally own and possess cars that kill people with automobiles, too. But overall... The majority of gun violence in this country is done by guns that are not legally owned and not legally possessed, and banning weapons from the people who do legally possess them isn't going to reduce the number of illegally possessed guns out there in any way, shape, or form. So if you just go to effectiveness of doing this, I don't see any positive long-standing effect well not, it, not in our country and in our culture anyway no i mean okay what's the murder capital of the united states do you know i it's chicago, chicago. I believe, still yes what is the city with the uh the toughest gun laws in the united states well illinois was the toughest yeah. for sure for chicago. a very long time and chicago, chicago was, was it. Yeah. yeah so there you go it doesn't work okay you're anyone good law-abiding citizens they're gonna follow the law turn sure. your guns in okay i'll do that you think the guy that got it illegally off the street or stole it from somebody's house is going to turn it in? 
No, they're not. Yeah, like you, I had a law enforcement background. Yeah, you know, not not you in know, civilian law enforcement, sure. but I, you know, I was comfortable with a gun. And before concealed carry was a thing, I owned handguns. I didn't carry them. Uh, yeah, because it was illegal. It was illegal. You know, and the thing is, is that you you look at, and there are situations where some of these guys, and some of these people are in really rough neighborhoods, and they grow up in really rough neighborhoods, and they carry a gun for their legitimate protection, legal or not. They, they carry them because there's gunshots ringing out over their heads day in and day out. There was just an incident in Alabama last week, a road rage incident. Yeah, sure. And this crazed wacko jumped out of his car, jumped on the hood, ran over cars, and was going after a guy who he felt he had wronged him, and he cut him off. Yeah. And um, turned out that the person who was going to be the victim held him off at gunpoint, and he turned around and ran back in his car and, and took off. So there's there are legitimate reasons mm-hmm. that people want to protect themselves. Yeah. And yeah. you have to but you have to really punish guys like this. You have to really set an example just like you, you you're not gonna take cars away to reduce automobile no. accidents or drunk driving. Instead you're going to make sure that the consequences are so severe for the people that are doing wrong that other people give pause before they do wrong. And I and honestly, I mean, I'm a huge Second Amendment supporter. I don't see anything wrong with universal background checks. I don't see anything wrong with oh, gosh, no. mental health checks. I don't see anything wrong with any of that. And, you know, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, and people say, well, automatic weapons. Okay, automatic weapons have been banned since the 80s. So let's, let's be realistic here. More people get killed by pistols than semi-automatic handguns. Ten times over, thousand times over. I don't even know the numbers by what's killed by a, a, a semi-automatic rifle. Well, you know the number one cause of death is for people under twenty-five, right? I would say car accidents, probably. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Sure. By far, without hesitation, you don't see anybody looking to reduce no. the amount of. You don't even see a movement. Here's the funny thing: all the environmentalists that want less cars on the road, you don't even see a movement to move the driving age to twenty-one or eighteen. No. Yeah, I have six kids. Mm-hmm. Three of them are driving age now, and I keep thinking, why on God's green earth do any of them actually need to operate a five thousand pound missile on wheels? Yeah. I, but we do it. I taught driver's ed for five years. Uh-huh. And, really? And and when I sat Boy, down, aged, yeah, oh my, oh. always lion <clears throat> steering. And I would tell my students keep first day they walk into my time. classroom, I'm going to treat you like young adults because that's what you are right now. This is the first adult thing you're going to be doing in your life before you can legally drink, before you can vote, this or that. So you need to start taking things seriously. Yeah. Um, and if you're going to act like, look, I'm going to treat you like a kid, you're not going to, you know, I'm going to talk to your parents, too, who are paying all this money to get you in the back and buckle you back in. That's just it. You know, a lot of them did listen to me. And, you know, I like some of I was actually pretty good at it. I think you had to be really, really low key, too. I mean, as far as very calm, especially when you're behind the wheel. You got to be very calm because I'm, if I'm freaking out, they're going to freak out. Oh yeah, I'm going to be a little you know? self-conscious now about driving a vehicle with you in a but, gym. You're going uh, to be critiquing me. I'm knocking you? on wood. I haven't had a speeding violation anything in you know, 25 years. So, um, gosh, I have hard time going 20. Now I'm going to get pulled over on my way home tonight. But uh, right. you know, but yeah, I mean, some of these kids, it was like, you know, this this is not a toy. What you're dealing with. No, and it's and again, that's something about 
I think too with parents like firearms, you know, mm-hmm. get them educated, get them. That's right. You know, take the time. I used to tell them the the truth when I used to show the videos, you know, oh, the and, crashes, and, uh, the yeah. crashes, and you know, and have you know people in class, kids in class crying. I said, well, this could be, you know, this 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 is real. Mm-hmm. This is real stuff here. Mm-hmm. I mean, this could be you or your friend or you what you know. And then an additional. Uh, Gun incidents and violence, and boy, we seem to have had a lot of that mm. in our community uh, this year, especially. But uh, the, uh, the the shooting death of uh, uh, Officer Hetland, which um, you you worked with yeah. personally, John. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was my uh, mentor and my training officer. What um, what were the what were the circumstances surrounding surrounding that from from what you read in the news? Um. From what I heard, he was off duty. Um, They're having some dinner with some friends, and somebody came into the bar to rob the bar. Hmm. And John um, helped everybody out of the bar that he could and went to stop the guy that was robbing the bar. And the bar the bartender was being held at gunpoint, and um, he tried to save her, and he did. And he was killed in the process. He paid, f- paid mm-hmm. for saving yeah. her life with, yeah. with, with his own. Mm-hmm. A real local hero. Uh, that's, that's John Hetland. Yeah. He, uh, he was, God, he was an amazing guy. Um, just, you know, as professional as they came, as nice as they came, um, always willing to help. He, yeah. you know, I, I kept contact with him last. I haven't spoke to him in a while. But um, I even as my career, you know, developed out of the training phase and into you know, regular police work and then detective and stuff, I still would call him and ask his advice. Loved his family, loved his kids. Um, just, it is such a loss to the community, to everybody. If you knew John in the slightest bit, it this just broke your heart and devastated. Mm-hmm. I love the guy. And, and, were, and honestly, yeah. if I didn't have him as a training officer, I would not have made it mm-hmm. as a cop. I never would have made it. That's saying so a lot. he, yeah, he was beyond instrumental in my career in my development in just my being a good human being yeah you and you were saying that he was six months from six months from retirement, retirement? so he could spend time with his family and watch oh. his kids grow God. yeah if, um yeah and his kids were his life hmm. you know and he you know and i again you know he wasn't working he was unarmed and he gave the ultimate price to save lives and that's mm. what he did and i guarantee you if we could bring him back he would do it again a mm. hundred times over mm. you know those that was, are that's john yeah. Yeah. that's that's how heroes behave yeah they're, they're not really looking for recognition no and it's just it's devastating it's devastating to our department it's devastating to the community it's the only you know we've lost other officers in other ways mm-hmm. but in the most violent way since the 60s well, I'd like to give about 10 seconds of silence here for Officer Hetland before we go into the break uh, and acknowledge the end of watch for one of our local area, one of Racine's uh, finest, Officer John Hetland, here on Get Real with Ralph. Hey, 
And we are back in the studio at AM 1050 WLIP in Kenosha. And, of course, streaming live on WLIP.com as well as on our YouTube channel, From Kenosha to the Canary Islands, on GetRealWithRalph.com. And in my studio today, I have John and Michelle, and we're going to have a little fun here before we go away. By the way, our studio phone number, 262-694-1050. Again, that number is 262-694-1050. If you know the answer to my riddle that I started at the beginning of the show in the first hour, and I'm going to give it again, this musician's career was launched by a prince and ended by a pope. So if anybody thinks they know the answer to that, please call. And Mr. John Selovich, the man with the plan. I John see. Selovich. I know who Jim Selovich. I'm sorry, Mr. J- I'm talking about, I'm looking at you're John Principe. You're looking Principe at John Principe. And and J- yeah, so now you're just John Selovich. So John Principe's light bulb just went off, and uh, Jim Selovich is going to let one of you answer it first. But I think John knows the answer. Don't show me. I, wanna, I want it to be fresh. I want my reaction to your knowing this to be fresh. This artist's career was launched by a prince and ended by a pope. Oh, I know. I know you I do. I know now. Uh-huh. So now, now I'm going to I'm going to throw some questions out there that you guys can answer uh-huh. while we're waiting for the lines to uh, to blow up here. All right, which rappers were admitted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame amid controversy, including the movie being criticized by Gene Simmons himself in 2016? NWA N-W-A, that is correct. All right. In 2008, which artist broke the record for the youngest ever to win a Grammy for Album of the Year? That's female? Which artist broke the record for the youngest ever to win a Grammy Album of the Year? Oh, yeah. Lord? Nope. All right. That was my guess. Good call. I'll give you a hint. She wears sneakers. Avril Lavigne. Some girls wear high heels. She wears sneakers. T-Swift. There oh. we go. All right, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Still okay. All, right. Yeah. All right. The Redlands drug bust was a famous 1960s incident. Rolling involving... Stones. <laughs> I feel like I need some Richards, Rolling Stones backup it? singers yeah. in here for, for like, that one. what is it, Rookie Hour? Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> he needs harder questions. It was Keith Richards, wasn't it? Yeah, it was at Keith's, yeah. Keith's house. All right. Who invented the electric guitar? Les Paul. Les Paul. Les Paul. Yeah. That's an easy, That's an easy one. If you don't know that one, you don't Walk belong in Shaw. Like all. all right. David Evans. Who is he? Edge. Very good. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mr. Selovich. And uh, Bono's uh, Paul Hewson. Paul Hewson. Is Why did they call him Bono, by the way? Bono Vox. Bono Vox, which was the brand of a hearing aid because he sucked so bad when they started. Still does. I can say suck on the radio, right? You just did it twice. <laughs> good. I'm going to say suck again. Three times. So uh, just a good thing that he, he he was so terrible that they ripped on him and called him Bonovox, which was, it would be like calling you a bell tone. We, uh, we have a no YouTube policy in the shop. Well, I do, and when um, people want to give me crap, they um, I actually tell the Alexa to absolutely play Absolutely. Still love you two. I do. And I know that I'm going to get a lot of heat for it. I'll probably get some social media flack. I'm a big, I'm a big fan, too. Move along. I hope you both get Move along. Flack. Move along. Oh, yeah. we're going to move along. Moving along. We're not going to talk. What? So I can't even we're talk. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. Move not along. Not a lot of talk about YouTube or Donald yeah, Trump. So move right. along. Move along. <laughs> what is the full name of the Australian boy band 5SOS? 
no. Australian boy band? That's nice. yeah. I'm I'm just reading this straight from the internet. I don't even know. Yeah, you are. Yeah. You have five seconds of summer. You said you had a summer theme. I wanted to go wow. with it. Yeah, yeah. You did know that? Well, your intern yeah. knows. Your intern knows. You yeah. just got to shout it out if you know it. See? You can play along. You need to pay her more. I do. I do. <laughs> I'll bet you I'll bet you're a Billie Eilish fan too, aren't you? Uh, not like a huge huge fan. Not a huge fan. She's not a huge fan, folks, but she knows who she, I didn't even know who she was until Betsy A came no, on. Betsy and, came and played, sang one of her come songs. Come on play. Yeah. And then I've got a I've got a younger sister, folks, who's 17 years old and she schooled me on Eilish like all day Saturday driving to Madison to pick up my son and I have to say she's she's pretty gifted. All no right. no phone lines lighting up. Nobody knows the answer? No. Nope. Well, I'm gonna. I know the answer. You uh, want me to give yep. it? You know the answer too. Yeah. All right. One, two, three, go. Sinead O'Connor. Yep. Sinead yep. O'Connor. Yeah. All right. And of course, it's a riddle, not an actual trivia Nothing question. Nothing compares to you. No, yeah. Nothing compares then, to you. Was written by Prince. And when she tore up a picture of the Pope, that was pretty much the end yeah. of her career. So we won the we won the prize, right? That's right. Yeah, John and I are gonna split <laughs> it. Ralph, I'm gonna pay you in beer tonight. Yes, that's right. That's right. So that is it for our trivia. No, question no more, any day. more trivia?s Any more, any more questions on that thing? Well, unless you want to th- throw something at me, big boy, see what you got. I, 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 got, I got nothing. What about you, Michelle? Who's your Who's your favorite musical influence? Why don't you just jump in here and tell us? Oh, that's true. Um, there's so many. Uh, I'm a huge Beck fan. Huge Modest Mouse, Flaming Lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alt-J is pretty right, some, new and some, awesome. Something from before you were born now. <laughs> something from before I was born. Okay. Uh, well, who doesn't love the Beatles? But uh, Big fan. Dr. Dog is also awesome. Uh, Parliament, Funkadelic. Funkadelic. We just now saw you him. are venturing into my genre. You can ask him. my producer, Raynell, over there. What's my favorite Georgia. genre of music right now? Motown, Motown and nice. funk. I don't so you know see, this is this is it for cool George George Clinton, right? This I is, think he's this not, is it. This he is, sat down most of the yeah. Show. He's he's not doing he great. He wore a muumuu on stage. Oh yeah, he's been doing like that for years. Down. Yeah. yeah. I, well, I saw him in Toledo, Ohio, in yeah, yeah. two thousand and four, and that dude wore what looked like a diaper. It was oh, a, he has one. He has a guy that he wears a diaper every time. Oh man! One of, yeah, it's part of the part of the show. There's a diaper guy every time. I mean, I love all types of music, but something about funk that just it just it, grabs it just, you. It, it just I feel it in my body. Yeah, you yeah, know, I mean, that, rock, rock. Base. I'll bang my head, or this, or I'll tap my foot, this or that. But when I hear funk, my body moves. It's like commanding. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, I tell people I, I love funk. So it, funk. Is in me so much. I mean, it has such a profound impact on how I move my body and everything that I start to wonder what I did. Because if reincarnation is true, I want to know what I did in my past life that ended <laughs> abruptly in the late 60s that made me come back as a short little white guy. You had a good run, obviously. <laughs> well, you, you said you were perfect. So, I mean, did you, you did something good in the past life? You did uh, no, something I had to bad. Do, I had to do you something bad. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, as you shall come back and still love the funk. Nothing but the dog. <laughs> now, folks out there listening, well, who's, who's Parliament? What's George Clinton? Not Bill Clinton, folks. It's George Clinton. George Clinton. Although they both smoked plenty, but this Clinton inhaled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, still does. And he inhales oh, yeah. pretty much every show on stage the whole time. But, man, that music. God bless him for it. 
That's right. No, folks, Snoop did not come up with it. Bow wow wow yippee oh yippee a bow wow yippee oh yippee a. There it is. Just had to hear it. Just had to. One, I, I had to. Yeah, I had to. You have had to. to hear it. I do, yeah. You just can't talk about George Clinton. <laughs> but you got to listen to him. Absolutely. Well, at least we found something we could stay on because apparently U two is out. U two is out. Don't go back to that. Okay. Oh. We're all friends here. We're all friends. <laughs> oh, you ever go to a place and someone plays it in the jukebox and it just it's it is a well. There's a, what, what, okay. Now, what song besides U two? That you would, John. I'll give it to you. That you would listen to right away. You want you want to stick a, a ice pick in your ear. Anything by Smash Mouth. Okay. I will Fair stab enough. myself in the neck Fair. with a rusty fork. Fair. Yeah. If I, if I say to you I, tomorrow, r- r- no, that's oh. not what I going to do. But do uh, not say Led Zeppelin, my friend. No. If you, no, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh, I love Led Zeppelin. Oh, I love Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin. My favorite but, rock band. But no Stairway to Heaven on the radio. Yeah, anymore. that's fine. Oh, you yeah. know, I'll, I'll agree with you there. You know, that's that's the one. However, I have to. You know, I sometimes I think if I hear it one more time, mm-hmm. it's too soon, and then I happen to catch it okay. the right moment. So, so we'll go back to the question. If you hear, who would you hear on the air, on the radio, or wherever, and you just want to stick an ice pick in your ear? The song Stairway to Heaven. Okay. Michelle. Uh, Shakira. Shakira. Oh. Wow. It's, it's, it hurts me. Yeah, well, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to ask the intern. What was the question? What song? What song? What, what, song, what group? Stick an ice pick in you want to stick an ice pick in your ear rather than listen to? This might be an unpopular opinion, but like anything country. Anything country. Oh, okay. I'm with you mostly. All right. That's, all right. that's all right. Except for Christine. All right. Ray, Ray, Ray's copping out. Ray's copping out. All right. All right. He's just a lover. Yeah, he just loves everything. We're a bunch of haters. Yeah, that's all right. He doesn't want to be a part of our hate group. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, there's, there's, there. cer- there's certain songs that I just, I, I don't want to hear Paradise by the Dashboard Light again. I used to DJ parties and weddings and stuff. I don't want to hear that song again. I don't want to hear old-time rock and roll again. Oh, I'm done. Yeah, with, I am ever, done with yeah. that we song. Are yeah. Oh, we are family, yeah. celebration. Yeah. I don't want to hear that again. Even when you're drunk at a wedding gym? No. Yes. Even? <laughs> yes. It will kill my buzz. It'll kill my buzz. It's a waste of our time. Every song from Shrek's Karaoke in the Swamp over at it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, if if if, if Smash Mouth comes on or something. Oh. No. John, no. John, hey, now, oh, you're an all-star. Please. <laughs> well, that's why I went back to karaoke Don't make me break some FCC rules. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, so if it's your last moment on earth, wow. you got to pick a song. Oh, wow! You got to pick a song. I got to pick a song. Pick a song. Wow! Oh, I Michelle. Uh, Monophonics, foolish love. Okay, I have no idea who, who that is. Oh, you should. They're funky. Yeah, you'll, right. you'll right. like them. Okay, like all right. Them. Jim, what's your last? What's your exit? I don't know. We're going to John. My exit song? Your exit like song, I'm yeah. going out? Like you're going out, you got to hear it, and you get to put one song in your earbuds first. All right. Uh, My Way by Frank Sinatra. All right. Oh. Okay. It's a good okay. way. Yeah. That. It's soar like an eagle right before you go. Right? I mean, I'm going yeah, out on my terms. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking maybe something by Van Morrison. Mm. Maybe a stone Me. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph? Yeah. Wow. So little time. 
So many songs. We got four minutes. Go on out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even, a, that's almost not a long enough time for one of my favorite songs before the vocals come in because Papa was a Rolling Stone. The vocals don't even come in until 353. Mm-hmm. But that first 353 of that bass. And then they just take every musical instrument and they put it over the top of that and you just feel it and they is let that, you is, feel is, it more. Is that your song? Yeah, I don't know why, mm-hmm. but uh, that's that's definitely one of them. All right. Intern? I have a hard time choosing, but maybe... Hard time choosing. Some Good Luck, Halo by Beyonce. Halo by Beyonce. Oh, boy. Okay, Ray. You got to pick one now, man. You you're, pick di- one. you're dying, man. You got to pick a last song. You know what? He just got married. Right now, got married last. He didn't even tell me he was getting married until <laughs> the day I before. I saw it on his Facebook. Oh, I, know. I got married. He's like, he's like, oh, by the way, I'm getting married tomorrow. I said, what? That's something you tell people you work with. But so I know he's going to pick like whatever him and his, his new wife's song is because he's going to have to, aren't you? You don't have a you don't song. Have a song. No, you got a wife, but no song? What'd you dance to at the wedding? It was courthouse, courthouse wedding. Yeah. I don't know that song. <laughs> they dance. They dance to the gavel. It's a courthouse wedding, <laughs> standing on the steps. I love you, baby. <laughs> this building's so beautiful, but as beautiful as you. And the judge. <laughs> I'm gonna start getting texts from people telling me to get off the air pretty soon. <laughs> All right, so we've all went around the table with the best and worst of them. Yeah, yeah. This is Get Real with Ralph, and this is how you get real when your subjects, not the loyal subjects like royal subjects, but the subjects you're talking about, you actually get them discussed in too efficient of a manner. But with that in mind, I want to take this last couple of minutes here to uh, thank some people that have helped make this show possible. First of all, the people at WLIP who decided to put their faith in us and, and go ahead and put us on their airwaves. Uh, along with our sponsors, and uh, that includes uh, my own business, my own business partner, that's uh, EXP, the success team at EXP Realty. It includes my wife. It includes Mr. Selvage over here, who has come and engineered this. Raynell Owens, who has been uh, the producer since we started this as a podcast six months ago. John Prince to be here, who came in as one of our first guests. And I'm like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing, but come in and we're going to talk. And uh, without some people putting their faith in us and giving us a go of it, we wouldn't be here. I hope that you're enjoying the subjects that we're covering here, the issues of the day, both locally, regionally, and nationally on Get Real with Ralph. You can listen to us. You can listen to the rebroadcast. And you can even pick out the segments you like most and not have to listen to the segments you like least by going to our YouTube channel, GetRealWithRalph.com. Please make sure that you go, that you subscribe, that you hit that little bell button. We need subscribers and interactions so that we know that you're out there listening. So please let us know what you think. If you hate something, tell us you hate it. If you love something, tell us you love it. And if you have an idea for a topic, let us know. This is Get Real with Ralph, and we're out.